Welcome to Grace Clovis Podcast. This is Brad Mills, pastor of Grace Clovis Presbyterian Church. Well, if you're anything like me, yesterday was difficult. We celebrated one of the strangest Easter Sundays of our lifetime. Uh, In fact, it was quite possibly the strangest Easter Sunday since that first Resurrection Sunday. Celebrating Easter from our homes was far from ideal, but it was nice to see everyone making the most of it. I saw many familiar faces uh, posting pictures as if they were getting dressed up and going to church, and that was um, encouraging to see. Uh, But I also want to encourage you to keep the benefits of Christ's resurrection on your mind uh, in an ongoing way. I trust you were blessed by the reminders you received of his goodness and greatness, even in this time of uh, uncertainty and you know fear. The resurrection is the foundation of our faith, and it's not something we should only reflect upon once a year. It's not even something we should reflect upon once a week, as the Lord's Day has been set apart for us to uh, celebrate and honor his resurrection every Sunday. But the benefits of Christ's resurrection for believers are something that we should meditate upon daily. The Heidelberg Catechism provides us with some very encouraging words to continue to consider. It gives believers three things to reflect upon regarding the benefits of Christ's resurrection. Celebrating Easter Sunday yesterday should not conclude our meditation upon the value of the resurrection for us today and for all eternity. And so listen to this question and answer from Heidelberg Catechism, question 45. It says, what doth the resurrection of Christ profit us? Answer, first, by his resurrection, he has overcome death, that he might make us partakers of that righteousness, which he had purchased for us by his death. Secondly, we are also by his power raised up to a new life. And lastly, the resurrection of Christ is a sure pledge of our blessed resurrection. Again, that's question 45 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Gives us three things in particular to reflect upon. The first is that Christ's resurrection confirms his substitutionary death on the cross for us in the past. Listen, it says, first, by his resurrection, he has overcome death, that he might make us partakers of that righteousness which he had purchased for us by his death. So you see there twice it mentions his death. There's a direct link between the resurrection and the cross. If Christ has not been raised, then he would then we would remain under the penalty of our sins. That's what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 4. It would mean that death had defeated Christ rather than the other way around. We would have no hope of entering into heaven by way of his righteousness. But Christ was triumphant on the cross. We considered that two weeks ago in our sermon. And since he did rise from the dead, we know that his death purchased the righteousness that we needed for redemption. Listen to Zacharias Ursinus. He says, speaking in a general way, it may be said that all the benefits of Christ's death are also fruits of his resurrection. For his resurrection secures the effect which his death was designed to have. Speaking in a general way, he says, it may be said that all the benefits of Christ's death are also fruits of his resurrection. 
because his resurrection secures the effect which his death was designed to have. So the first of the benefits of Christ's resurrection is that it proves his defeat of sin on the cross. It is by way of securing all those blessings that we've been considering uh, that Christ secured for us, right? I mean, it's the, it's the security that we need. If you take away the resurrection, you actually lose the cross. You lose redemption too. And so think about it from the perspective of the disciples. What did the resurrection do for them? Well, it provided them with tremendous reassurance. There's a, a painting in my office that my wife bought for me almost 20 years ago now. And it's a painting by Eugene Bernand from 1898. Mine, of course, is, is just a printed copy, but it's nicely framed. Wasn't cheap at the time. Uh, the painting, though, portrays John and Peter, and they're heading to the tomb. They're, they're running toward the empty tomb after they had heard from Mary this news of the resurrection. John is young. He's clasping his hands as if he's full of hope. Um, the older Peter is holding his right hand over his heart while pointing forward with his left hand. Both of them have this, this hope in their faces, and yet there's also this look of being tired, maybe even a bit anxious. There's some concern. And it's no wonder that the disciples look tired. For a few sleepless nights, they had been mourning the death of their master. So at this point, they were restless and confused but the news of the resurrection would confirm everything that Jesus had ever told them. It would confirm that the death of Jesus was all part of God's redemptive plan. They were about to transition from feeling shattered and alone to being reassured and confident in God's promises. So again, that first benefit of the resurrection is that it confirms his substitutionary death on the cross for us in the past. It confirms that we can rest in his substitutionary death. Secondly, Christ's resurrection proves that God enables us to live for him in the present. That's the, again, back to the Heidelberg question. It says, secondly, we are also by his power raised up to a new life. We are by his power, that, that is his resurrection power, we are in the present raised up to a new life. It's not just something about the past. It's not something only reserved for the future, as we'll see in a bit, but it's something that we can experience and enjoy even now. So apart from the resurrection, we would remain under the power of our sins. It's not just the penalty of sin, but the power of sin in our present life. We would have no access to the life-giving power of Christ if he had not raised from the dead. Our union with Christ in his resurrection is what allows us to walk in newness of life, according to Romans 6.4. So this is also why we seek to live for things that are above in heaven rather than what is earthly, Paul says in Colossians 3. So we place a, a much higher value upon our heavenly rewards than any security we might enjoy here on earth. Although we were dead in our sins because of the power of the resurrection, we have now been quickened or made alive by the grace that saved us. That's Ephesians 2.5. So I want us to think about what how we might apply this today. I think we have an opportunity here for generosity. 
Many of us will be receiving our stimulus checks in the mail this week if we don't already have them. Maybe you already have a plan for what to do with that money, but I want you to consider being generous with this money. We read in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Now, that's a promise for all of us regardless of our economic situation, that we are rich in Christ. So Christ descended to us, becoming like us and taking our place upon the cross. And now that he is risen and ascended to the right hand of the Father, we know that he represents us even now. And because he was generous to offer his life, we know that we can, or that that he can cause us to also become generous as well. Maybe, maybe you're not someone who's known as being generous with what, you, with what you have. Well, as a believer, that should be an oxymoron. <laughs> we, should, we should be filled with generosity towards our neighbor. Right? Since, he, since Christ has secured the greatest blessings of eternal life, we can, be, we can generously use all of our earthly blessings to support those who are in need. And so probably most of us know of someone already who's experienced significant economic hardship because of the coronavirus. Some have taken pay cuts. Others have lost their jobs. Some of us may not be sure exactly what our future holds, right? especially as this continues to drag on. Maybe, maybe we don't know the, the final impact that this will have upon our finances. And I don't know your precise situation, but I can imagine that many of you have not experienced really much significant impact at all. Maybe your retirement has gone down or, or um, your, you know, your, if you have stocks that they've taken a hit. But depending on your age, that's certainly something that you'll have plenty of time to recover. And so I want to encourage you to think about holding on to that or, or giving it uh, for a particular purpose, using it in a way that is generous and and. Uh, if you find yourself in a situation where you aren't sure what to do with the money, I, I want to point you to a, a new category that we have for online giving. We have added a category to designate which fund you would like your donation to go towards. So you have the, the general fund and now you have the deacons fund. Please continue to give. If you're a member of our church, if you're a regular attender and you regularly give to the church, please continue to do so towards the general fund. We, we depend upon those gifts for our regular budget. But now whenever you have an additional gift that you would like to give, such as a stimulus check or a portion of a stimulus check that you did not really need. I encourage you to consider adding that to the deacon's fund. Um, you know, Initially, we plan on keeping those funds reserved for supporting others within our church who have a financial burden. Um, and so we already know that potentially there's going to be some need for that uh, in the coming months. And so you can find our, our secure online giving portal. It's at the top right hand of our website. Um, and so if you just click on that, it'll take you to a, a secure place where you can give. And there's a drop down category that has uh, just above the, the donation button. It has the two funds, general fund and deacons fund. So uh, again, I encourage you to consider uh, using this, this added check 
that if, if in fact you are not in need of it yourself, to use it for God's purposes, God's kingdom purposes, to be generous with it. Um, again, not to give it to our general fund, but to place it aside, to set it into our, our deacon's fund so that we can give to those who do find themselves in financial hardship in the coming months. There's a third benefit as well. Christ's resurrection promises our own resurrection in the future. We read, lastly, the resurrection of Christ is a sure pledge of our blessed resurrection. And so if Christ was not resurrected, then no one will be resurrected. So not only would we lose the spiritual benefits and blessings of that resurrection in the present, but we would also lose the physical benefits of it in the future. However, we know that the same God who rose Christ from the dead will cause us to rise from the dead by his spirit, Romans 8, 11. And listen to this from 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5. We read this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So the resurrection gives us a living hope. We have an imperishable, undefiled, and unfading inheritance that is kept in heaven for us. We can rejoice in this truth even if we are facing uncertainties and trials in this life. Even if we're going through difficulties right now, Christ's resurrection guarantees our future. And it's going to be a peaceful and a joyful future without pain, without sorrow, without suffering. So the benefits of of Christ's resurrection include past, present, and future blessings for believers to continue to meditate upon for all eternity. We are confident that Christ's death fully satisfied the justice of God. We know that the resurrection enables us to live for him. We can generously give of our earthly resources, even though we're in the midst of uncertainties. And knowing that Christ has secured our heavenly reward fills us with an unshakable hope. And so let us continue to reflect upon these truths with great confidence.